a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you are going to meet on this podcast uh, would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living that is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am very excited for you to meet them. So, all right. uh, Now, as much as I've secretly wanted to be, I have never been, I'm going to come clean here, I've never been a comic book guy ever. Uh, In fact, I remember growing up uh, in my small hometown of Annandale, uh, and all my friends would get on our BMX bikes with our allowance money. We'd bike down to Aronson's Drugstore to buy magazines, and they'd all buy comic books. And I was like looking for like the Teen Beat magazine. And uh, I'm not even going to try to um, pretend that I was part of that scene. But I do know enough uh, because I am alive. I know the whole Superman story of Clark Kent and being the unsuspecting journalist. Uh, uh, nobody suspected him to be uh, the Man of Steel. Well, today's guest on Mana is kind of like that for me, but in reverse. Uh, You see, for years, I knew today's guest as uh, very much a superhero of a dad, a superhero of a husband, and a superhero parishioner. In fact, if I remember right, I think you were a lector uh, also um, at our home parish at the time. And, uh, And I really didn't know uh, any any more uh, than that, and I didn't need to know any more than that to know how much I admired him, uh, albeit a little bit from a distance. Uh, and while not a lot older uh, than than me and our growing family, his family was uh, was kind of at that next stage, and we all looked up to their relationship with each other and with the church. So you can imagine my surprise then when one day I'm at work and I'm reading through some marketing advertising industry rag, which is what we used to call them before the internet came around. Uh, and I find, I come to find that our guest is like an award-winning, like a li- literally award-winning uh, practitioner in the field of marketing advertising. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, he, that, that's, that's the guy. Uh, and, and so we had, you know, basically shared day jobs. He was much more accomplished than I. And so now I had a whole other uh, layer of admiration that I could exact upon him. And we even then, if I know, we even worked at the same company at, <laughs> at the beginnings of, of our careers. He was there before I was. Anyway, all the stuff uh, that I did not know about because I only knew uh, really the most important thing about him, uh, which was all of those superhero things that I that I said. And, 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 and I, I would have never made this connection uh, if I wouldn't have read about it because and this is kind of the main reason for my introduction here, is that I had to read about his name in lights because he, his humility, his other-centeredness, would have never let me catch a glimpse of this side of him. Uh, so I had to go read about it like everybody else uh, had to read about it. So anyway, that made me admire him even more. So, uh, and after a long, long career of working uh, for the man uh, in a variety of increasingly impressive roles, he also found time to uh, launch his own business uh, towards the end of his uh, career, which uh, which happened to be a tap room and a little brewery, which if we were smart, we'd be doing the podcast there. Didn't think of that until later. Um, but in any event, very excited for you all to meet today's man up man, Mr. Steve Hayes. Hey, Steve. Hey, Jeff. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for uh, thanks for making it out to 
the uh, the spacious Mana Studios here. Uh, the Prince Studios. <laughs> exactly. There'll be a tour after uh, admission, but uh, but hey, it's great to ha- it's really great to have you. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. And and you know, um, do you re- do you uh, do you remember the award that I'm referring to uh, back in the day, or were there so many? Uh, oh the, yeah, the let me see. Yeah. After. <laughs> um, I know that there was one award I received from the Archdiocese, which you may or may not know about. That was a Leading with Faith Award. That was like 10 or 15 years ago. And that's the only one that I can think about. I can't think of which one sort of. Maybe that was the one that, because well, I, I remember it had something to do with your, with advertising or marketing. And maybe it was, maybe it was like, because I know you, you spent a lot of time throughout your career you know, doing a lot of basically like volunteering a lot of your professional work and skills and talents to the church and to other nonprofits. Maybe that was it. Yeah, that was probably it. <clears throat> well, it was very impressive. How did you end up getting into um, like the whole advertising marketing thing? Was that always kind of a thing? Well, it's kind of funny. It's like uh, I kept running away from it. <laughs> I, uh, in high school, I wrote a paper on advertising. I thought that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I started in college with that as a major. And then I thought, well, oh, that's too impractical. I can't get a get a job with that. So I switched and then I went about my, my work life and I went back and got an MBA and uh, came out with an offer from General Mills and Leo Burnett. And I, again, talked myself out of advertising. Mm-hmm. I went with a General Mills offer. And then about four or five years later, I thought, well, geez, I better try this advertising before I, you know, hit my grave. Um, <laughs> and so I tried it kind of late in life and just loved it and yeah. uh, was in client service, uh, different different roles, but it was just a perfect fit for me. That's cool. That's cool. Well, you also have, you know, throughout your, so your professional life, you know, you know, continue to, you know, accomplish and lead and, you know, get progressively, you know, higher and higher on the mountain. And then I also know on the, um, from the sort of church activity life, you are now, I think, unless, unless, and maybe this is now past, but, uh, you, um, basically not that you have to work your way up to this, but you're a trustee. That is correct. At, which yeah. is a big deal. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the top of the mountain when it I'm comes on, to church. I'm on the board. <laughs> you're on the board. You're on the board. <laughs> so that's gotta be kind of cool. Now it has church, uh, it's obviously been a really big part of the Hayes family. Was that a big part of your your own upbringing growing up? You know, it always was. And I grew up uh, nine kids in the family oh, wow. and classic Catholic family. We'd pile into the station wagon. We'd all be expected to go to church every Sunday. And I ended up going Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, Catholic college, mm-hmm. and just always, always had a, a strong faith life. Mm-hmm. You know, not I don't know if it found me or I found it a little bit of both, but yeah. you know, it was kind of always there. Did you were as as you did, and did all of your siblings also go through Catholic school? The whole thing was, was no, kind of a mixed bag. Okay, you know, okay. some did, some didn't. Yeah. Um, I I think I was. Got the I got more Catholic education than any of them probably. <laughs> Do you remember? Uh, so obviously your folks, I'm sure, were huge influences. How about you know? Were there any role models along the way that that you know? Or let me ask it this way: Growing up, who was like the earliest maybe role model um, guy, especially that you can kind of remember being somebody 
that made a, a real impact on you in your faith life? Well, there's clearly one person that stands apart from the rest, and he is a priest in Detroit area. His name is Jim Mayworm, Father Jim Mayworm, and he was a newly ordained priest, and he came out to our church when I was in sixth grade, and uh, was an altar boy then for a number of years. And somewhere in there, um, we just kind of befriended each other. And mm. I was uh, would hang out at the rectory with him yeah. and the pastor watching TV, you know. And we would kind of just go do stuff. And this was kind of at a time where. Um, we could do that, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and nobody asked too many questions. But um, and then as as I got into high school, he became a great sounding board for me as I had doubts about my faith and about different parts of Catholicism or whatever. And that just sort of grew. And then I got into college and it was a little closer to a peer to peer relationship. And mm. then it just kind of evolved. Um and he is at the age of, let's see if I have this right, uh, 82. He's still practicing, still a pastor in the suburbs of Detroit, and we're great friends. He came cool. out and married uh, Maureen and I about 35 years ago, mm-hmm. and he's just been um, a continuous uh, spiritual presence yeah. that I carry with me always. Yeah. Did you ever, with a, with such a close you know, kind of <clears throat> mentor slash friend uh, who was on that path. Did you ever think of that for yourself? I mean, did, was that- uh, twice. Okay. Yeah. There were two moments of discernment for yeah. me. One was in high school where I actually visited the seminary. This is when men were going to seminary in high school. Yeah. And, uh, and I just decided it wasn't for me. And then um, I revisited again about halfway through college. I thought long and hard about it. And I just felt like I was called to be a dad. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. I just, something, you know, God said, you're supposed to be a dad. Yeah. And we'll talk about how that played out later in life. But yeah, um, that's very cool. I remember when I, um, so one of uh, one of Betsy's brothers is a is a priest, Father Father Mark Wayman. He's one on the show, and um, you know when when Mark was going through seminary, it was so cool because I felt like I was kind of going through it, sort of not with him, but you know he was sharing so much, and I was just I'm sure I exhausted him with all the questions. But I remember um, it was it was kind of right right around that time when I really got a lot more familiar with, especially in the Catholic tradition, of this the notion of vocation. Because I, I had always associated the word vocation to, you know, just it's, it's a job, you know. So, you, you know, you can be a plumber or an electrician or a firefighter. That, that's your vocation. And that, in fact, I think growing up, we had a class. It was a Votech class. It was vocational technologies. And then going through, you know, and, and kind of going through the process with Mark and doing a lot of reading, just the, the you know, thinking of vocation and really recognizing that vocation is, you know, from – from you know it, it, it's a it's a spiritual you know type of um calling uh of of either it could be you know priesthood or uh, now i'm not gonna remember all of them but marriage uh is a vocation it's and a calling it's yeah. a calling and so i, I think you know you, throughout that discernment that you did the discerning then to, to 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 walk that path is it's just as discerning you know what i mean and yeah. i think that's really neat that you did that so it sounds like you know you grew up 
in a great situation and it kind of sets you on the right path and like you just it's like autopilot. <laughs> did you have any? Well, did you have any? You know, episodes along this this awesome life, where you're, and not that you ever doubted, but were there any periods of a little bit more? You know, kind of uh, I don't know, uh, uh, static or, or interference than others. Well, I'd say there was a you know there was a moment where there was a really dark period, hmm. and that was. Um, you know, so I kind of marched off to college and come from a big family. And I thought, oh, I'll meet my wife in college. We'll get married and have kids and ride off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. And then I got out of college. It's, oh, I'm going to meet my wife. And we'll da, da, da. And it's, oh, I'm going to meet my wife. Well, I went to college. I worked for five years. I went to graduate school for two years. And so now I'm late 20s and still no wife and no riding off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I was... 30 or 31 at the time. And I just had a couple of blind dates. This was before the internet. Uh, (laughs) For those of you young listeners out there, there was actually a time (laughs) when the computer didn't exist. Um, So, and I had a couple of blind dates and they just were like awful for different reasons. And I, I kind of sat down. I said that there's nobody out there for me. Mm. I'm different. You know, there's just, for some reason, there's nobody out there for me and I have to readjust my plan. I'm not going to get married. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be a father. And I thought back to that point of discernment, I thought, wow, I chose not to be a priest because I thought I was called to be a dad. And now it's not happened. Not like it's not happening. It's like, it's not happened. And I was convinced the time had passed and that I was going to have to get used to the idea of being single, mm. which is really different and difficult for mm. somebody who comes from a big family and thought they'd have a family. Mm. And, and, and that was, you know, really tough. Um, and then, you know, within three or six months of that, um, I started dating Mo and on the second date, <laughs> it was like, well, I know I love her, but <laughs> I know I can't tell her that after the second date. So we'll just kind of wait this exactly. one out. Oh, uh, wow. That's great. I mean, it, I mean, it, I mean, I'm sure it didn't feel great, but I mean, I think that is such a, that is such a great story though about, you know, just, I'm sure you, and part of what made it the story is that you were having this period when you were, you know, 30 and not. 16, you know, I mean, so you actually were mature enough to kind of be processing it kind of intellectually and going, okay, this actually could, this could actually be the case. Like this could plausibly come on. Yeah. So, so, so you, um, so when it all kind of like started coming together then, you know, how, how did that, I mean, obviously it sounds like your faith was never shaken. Did it all then, it must've felt so great. Like, okay, now all of a sudden the plan, even though maybe it wasn't on your timetable, um, you know, none of our, none of our plans are really on our right. timetable anyway, but did it, did it really start then feeling like it was kind of unfolding the way it was supposed to unfold? It did. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, um, I knew, I mean, mm-hmm. Maureen was lifetime Catholic, grew up in a small Irish Catholic town, Butte, Montana, went to Catholic high school, Catholic grade school, was a regular churchgoer like I was. Um, and our faith lives were really important to each of us. Mm-hmm. And 
that was pretty rare <laughs> from what I had yeah. seen, you know, from, yeah. you know, my years of dating or whatever. And that was a, that was a big part of the attraction mm -hmm. as well, I'm mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And so, such a cliche to say, but it's kind of, it's like worth the wait. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's what I mean. That when, was... when you're waiting, you know, you're, it's not like, oh, this is going to happen in six months. So I just have to wait. Yeah. When you're sitting there saying this is never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, where it was <laughs> that, you know, it, it felt different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, you know, as, as a, as a family, so our family, like I mentioned in the intro, we're just, we're just not, not too far behind you, but we're, you know, we're, we're, we're a couple steps behind. And so we have the great luxury of watching families like yours kind of pave, pave the way for, for us and all of our, all of our young girls at the time. And, you know, the seeing how devoted your entire family was to be attending mass and coming to church um, was so great. And with your son, Brett, who's got some um, developmental challenges, you know, I think, you know, and as I, as a dad myself, I looked at, you know, the um, two things. One is obviously the unconditional love that you and Mo both, you know, you know, obviously have for, for your son, but the example that Brett gave to other kids, other young people, you know, like ours, uh, being there every Sunday and, and, and being, you know, engaged, you know, it was so cool. And, you know, I, I I'm sure, you know, as, as a parent, you know, there have been myriad emotions and challenges and joys that have gone with that. But, you know, how, how important has your faith been as you've grown and as Brett has grown and as, and as he's been an example, you know, really, I think of Christ's love for all of us is, is, you know, he's given you that opportunity to exercise that and, and, and others, you know, um, toward Brett and Brett towards others. You know, I, I think I'd ask the question differently. Mm -hmm. It's not how important has my faith been? It's how important has Brett been mm -hmm. to my faith? And, um, you know, just, just a quick background. So Brett has significant developmental and intellectual delays. He can't talk. Uh, he doesn't sign. So he doesn't communicate in any way, shape, or form. Or, I shouldn't say in any way, shape, or form, but he doesn't really communicate. He's kind of like a toddler in an adult's body. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that That was the challenge. But it, it just revealed itself to us very quickly that um, Brett is, you know, our platform to publicly witness our faith. Mm. And all we can do is love Brett. And if the world is watching, great. And if they're not, that's great too. We're still loving Brett. Yeah. And it, um, you know, being an individual that would stand up in mass and make noises during the quiet parts of the mass and things like that, there's a part of you that's a little embarrassed <laughs> as a parent mm -hmm. by that. Um, <laughs> but you know that this is God's way of uh, humbling you a little bit, yeah. you know, and, and changing your perspective on the world and on people. So uh, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, um, I, w I was thinking about this ahead of time. And, um, and I thought, you know, in Matthew 25, he he talks, uh, one of the stories he's telling where one of the characters says, you know, well, Lord, when did I see you hungry? And when did I see you naked? Or, you know, mm -hmm. and I thought, well, 
I'm not going to ask those questions, you know, when I get to heaven, because I know when he was hungry, you yeah. know, I know when I changed his clothes as a child, as an adult or whatever. Yeah. And that's just, that's, that's what we were called to do. Yeah. So that was our, our deal. There's a great, there's a great, great quote that I've been really tumbling over, you know, the last couple of weeks um, from C.S. Lewis, you know, that says, uh, said that, uh, says that, uh, you know, God whispers to us in our, in our pleasure he speaks to us in our conscience, and he and he shouts at us in our pain. Uh-huh. And a lot of times, I think when outsiders see, you know, um, families like yourself, you know, going through what you're going through, and, or you know, and um, that that that's an example of God shouting um, because it's painful, okay, because it's hard. And obviously, I, don't, I have no idea what you guys I've obviously have gone through, and I'm sure there were really hard times but the the way that i feel like you guys approached it it's like it was kind of some of the loudest whispers that god had Mm -hmm. because it was like you're saying it was like your platform this is your opportunity and so god was there the whole time and whispering the whole time you know not that you know you know and i you know think a lot about it um we're all called to do a lot of things. Evangelization is one of those. And I always felt like Brett's our evangelization tool. Mm-hmm. And he touched so many people along the way, so many people, way more than we could ever have yeah. done on our own. Um, so we were just there to um, facilitate him, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like his agent. Lives. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Oh, well, he did a great job. And then again, you guys, you guys did as well. So, um, well, say, so hey, we are, we are already um, at our fun segment. And I'm always a little self-conscious when we get to this, especially when I'm talking to actual marketing uh, pros uh, like yourself, that we should have a better brand for this section of the show. But it's basically, it, we started with fun segment and we just kept it. So same three questions that we ask every guest. Okay. Um, and now the only added burden for you, because you're creative, uh, is that we expect really, really uh, well thought through answers and things that are going to send everybody off <laughs> on the right path. So fun segment question number one, if Jesus uh, knocked on your door tomorrow and just wanted to hang out for the day, you got a whole day with him, uh, what are you going to do with Jesus? Well, since you gave me the questions ahead yes. of time, I'm prepared. <laughs> and there's three things I want to do with Jesus. The first thing I want to do is grab my wife, Mo, and head on over to see Brett because I'd like Jesus to translate our conversation. Um, you know, we've never had a conversation with him, and rather than wait till we get to heaven, we could do it that day when Jesus is here. So that no. would be a special, special okay. day for us. Um, then we get done with that visit. Want to go visit the sick. I've got some friends that have cancer and chronic pain and other things. And I want to tell them ahead of time, if you can only touch his cloak, you'll be healed. So I want to give them a chance to touch his cloak and uh, maybe get some healing in there. And then the last thing I want to do is bring him home and just do some cooking. We're going to make a big loaf of sourdough bread and a pot of soup 
and we're going to break bread as a family with Jesus. Oh so that would be my ideal day. Dang, that is all right. So the gauntlet has been dropped. It's taken us five seasons, and we finally have one. So no offense to any of the prior guests, but <laughs> all right, guys, seriously, that's how you prepare for a question. <laughs> that is awesome. I want to be part of all of that. That's great. I should have put time blocks on it. <laughs> too, you know, what's it cost? Take to time to bake the bread and exactly. you know, all that. could have multitasked there. That's great. Oh, that's great. All right. Fun segment question number two. Uh, so now you've set a really high bar for yourself. Here, Steve. All right. So fun segment question number two. If you could go to church with one other guy, uh, living or dead, famous or not, you can know him. You don't have to know him, um, but, it's just, it, but it just has to be a guy. Who are you going to go to church with? Well, so what I learned from the few podcasts that I did listen mm-hmm. to is that um, – you know, occasionally a speaker breaks the rules. You know, yes. Or bends the rules. Bends the rules. Yes. Yeah. We allow that. So I assumed when you said church with any guy that that was the colloquial guy. So that was any okay. other person. Okay. You're really <laughs> bending the rules. <laughs> All right. Proceed. So, so I'm going to go to church with my mom. Okay. And right. my mom passed away when I was 32 years old. And, um, I, you know, went away to college and then I moved away and worked for a number of years and then I went to graduate school and then I moved. So basically, I didn't have much of a constant presence with her since high school. Mm -hmm. And there's so many questions (laughs) that never got asked so they could never get answered. So I'd love to share the experience of Eucharist with her. And then go to Coffee and Donuts after Mass and just visit. Yeah. All right. Only because that's a good answer. Am I going <laughs> to let you off the hook? Because you totally broke the rules there. But whatever. Right, but that's. I know no, this is that, kind of a guy that, platform, but I had to like <laughs> sneak a little. We're just breaking so many molds here, Steve. This is uh, this is fun. Okay. Last question. If you could give one piece of advice to a younger man, a little bit further upstream. Uh, kind of catch them. Guy like you. Catch, exactly, exactly. <laughs> They're young, all younger when right? you're retired. <laughs> young buck like me. Uh, what would that one piece of advice be to just, you know, give 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 a younger guy just the confidence to live a life of faith, live a life like you've led and, and just not, not, not be bashful, not be, not, uh, uh, not question it. What, what would be that piece of advice? All right. So it's very simple. Mm. Don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. God loves you exactly where you are and exactly who you are. Um, I was reading an article a week or two ago um, where the author was talking about how should we affirm our kids? Are they always right? Do they always do great? How do we sort of pat them on the back and how much and how much is too much? And he kind of ended the article with, you know, the, the most important thing for a child is to know that they're unconditionally loved. Mm. And I think about that, that God's love is perfect. It's our love that's imperfect. And, and we sometimes love conditionally, and we think that God loves like we do, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know for me, I get down on myself. I don't pray enough. I don't read enough. I'm not kind enough to my wife. I'm not patient enough, you know, <laughs> on and on and on. And and I'm sorry for all that. So I just kind of end my personal disappointment session mm-hmm. with, I love you, Jesus. Um, that's all I can think of is how much I love the Lord. And um, it's kind of how to get rid of the gunky stuff in my day. Mm-hmm. So 
I just focus my eyes in Jesus and tell him I love him. And so I think if people just stop being so hard on themselves and figuring out all the things they're not doing in their relationship with Jesus or in their faith walk or in their prayer life and just accept his love. Yeah, exactly. I love that so much. All right. Well, three for three, Steve Hayes. And so the, 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 you've officially set the standard, um, for all of season five now. So let's just hope the rest of the, uh, the rest of the guests can measure up. We should probably send everybody this episode in advance <laughs> so they kind of like, you know, can, can practice, <laughs> but thank you so much. You know, I, I do have to yes. say that when you first asked me to do this, I was the classic non-responder because I thought I'm too ordinary. I have nothing to share. <laughs> so oh. uh, I'm sure everyone will uh, blow by me. To the contrary. Thank you so much, Steve Hayes, for being here. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.